Monica Alvarez, founder of Alvarez House 0600. Teresa Ramey Martin, vice president, Alvarez House 0600. For both of you, what inspired you to help uh, homeless veterans? Well, I started the, 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 the nonprofit because I have been surrounded by broken veterans my whole life. Um, it was actually a dream I had about eight or nine years ago. And it just sort of fell by the wayside when I was in California. Um, you know, life happens when you have eight children and seven grandchildren. You know, things just get in the way. And when I moved to North Carolina, I was actually on my way to Burger King one day. And there were some homeless veterans. Um, I had been divorced when I moved here. And... The, there was a homeless veteran there that wore the same hat that my husband wore. And for some reason, that dream came back to me. So I pulled over and I walked with them to Burger King and bought them lunch and told them what I wanted to do. And they were just overjoyed. And I have just ran with it ever since. I'm a veteran. So I had written a book. Last year, last September, 2021, sitting with a soldier. And my desire was to share my stories with other veterans that were coming home, especially the younger gentlemen, because there are so many PTSD issues, an issue that I fight myself. And I wanted them to know that, you know, there's people out there that truly do care. And I met Monica at Richard Childress Racing last year in December, which she doesn't recall. We did a couple stand downs together. We kind of watched each other grow over the last year and we've become very close friends with a very common goal. And we've read one another's books. And it's like, I told her when I read her book, it was like seeing mine in color all over again. Her heart is so pure in what she gives to the veterans. And it's somebody for me to hold hands with that represents not just me, but all of us. So with homeless veterans, you know, I can remember being stationed in Newport News during a hurricane. And I remember standing outside and thinking of all the poor people that had nowhere to go and they were going to be hurt or in the cold weather. So Monica has helped me as a person. We were able to do brother's blankets and we were able to, we're packing stuff now for the cold for her to be able to pass out this afternoon or while it's getting colder. And her project of Alvarez House gives the veterans a place to go for 24 months. And she's not going to boot us to the curb at 24 months. She's got a bigger heart than that. But the premise with what it's set on is to help us tr transition back to a society that we're not used to. This is different than where they've been. And we want to help them and we want to raise the funds and want the community involved. We're not going in just to build a veteran house. We're going in to revitalize the city. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of Alvarez House? Well, it's a 24-month program. Um, I have found property in a little, little town called Roland. Uh, it's outside of Lumberton. It's 128 acres, which is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I actually went down there um, a, a month or so ago, and actually it was Veterans Day. I was invited by the mayor to attend to see what the town does for their homeless veterans. And I slept all the way down there in a hurricane. Um, they love my program. Uh, 
they want to help me with it. They have agreed that the property is in the county and the city has agreed to run water and sewer out to the county if I buy the property so I don't have to dig wells and septic tanks because oh, wow. I can only put four tiny homes on each. So the city is going to help me at their expense to, to do the water and sewage. So that's an expense I don't have, but it's a 24 month program. Um, you know, they've lived a, a really disciplined life in the military and they need to transition back to civilian life. Um, and that's what we want to help them do. The, the big thing is like you were saying, the transition, uh, from military life to, uh, you know, back to civilian life, how important is it to have someone to support you when you're going through that transition? Everybody needs a battle buddy. Everybody. Teresa's mine. And she is mine. <laughs> um, I have many. Um, I still hear, I'm 58 years old and I joined the military when I was 21. I served on Desert Storm and I worked special operations for the government after that. And I still hear people say, you just aren't the same since you were in that military. And I'm not. Um, I learned to respect. I learned to love from my brother, from my sister. I didn't see color. And when you come home, the, it's not that it's a prejudice. It's almost like there's an anger. That people are angry at you. you and they don't want to hear about what you did. They don't care what you saw. It's not that they don't care. They're not sure how to care. So for that soldier coming home, whether he's 25 or 55 or 85, he was hurt. And we never put a bandage on that for him. So right. that's what I want to help Monica do, because that's what she did for me. She stepped into my life at a time that I was having. And this is just a few months ago. You know, I've been a homeless veteran before. So just a few months ago, I was having a really hard time really sending up those prayers. And Monica just stepped in like an angel with no wings and said, you know, I don't want you to stress about anything. And for a civilian to just walk up and say, hey, you're important. I want to be involved in your life. I want to make things easier. I want to restore your faith, not just in civilians, but in life. I want to restore your faith in God because he's been so good to me. And to have a friend that, that loves God the same way that you do. And when you're that veteran and you're it, I'm a three-time suicide survivor. So I have to tell you, God's got a plan and I can stand and tell any veteran, yes, you can get to the end of your road, but there's a knot, hold on. Monica, how does that feel when you hear uh, words like that being an angel without any wings? <laughs> You know, I, I, it's amazing. It is amazing feeling that you can't explain, but I too am a suicide survivor. I have been homeless. I, I get it. I understand where they're coming from. The only difference is I didn't have anybody there to, you know, stretch out their hand and say, Hey, let me help you make it easier. And I know that that is the most important part. I believe that when God gives us trials in life is to grow from it and when when you heal and you tell your story i believe that god expects us to turn around face that pit and pull the next person out you know we can't the meaning of life to me 
it, it is helping other people. That's why I wrote my book. You know, I, I, my wounds came from the 101st Airborne and to, to not, not to totally grasp what he's been through, but I don't hate him. You know, he was working on, on whatever he had going on in his head that I knew nothing about, but, you know, helping somebody else and telling your story, writing my story was my best therapy. And, and then being able to help other people, I couldn't save him, but I realized that there's so many others I can, I can help save, even though I, I really wanted more than anything to help save him. He just wouldn't let me, he wasn't ready to let me. And, you know, when you write your story and you tell the world how you survived from it, your roadmap that you lay out is somebody else's survival guide. So, you know, when I saw Teresa, when I met Teresa, I saw so much of me in her. And, you know, I think the first thing I said to her was, I see you. And I did. I saw her open wounds because I had already healed from them. You know, that, that makes this related. Um, I follow Bishop T.D. Jakes, and, and he's, he, he once said, that when you survive the, thing, the same things people, other people have survived, it makes you kin. And I just feel kin to her. You know, we share the same wounds. We've helped each other heal. And that's, that's my goal with the Alvarez house is to help other people heal. And if they don't have somebody to reach their hand out and put a roof over their head, you know, there, there's so many people believe that 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 all that all homeless people are drug addicts and alcoholics, and they're not. Um, it's just something in their life got so heavy that they couldn't carry it anymore. And I just, um, I, 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 I'm here to help. I, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, mm -hmm. I guess it's one of those things you have to be there until you've survived attempts at suicide and and being homeless and you know even though I was never in the military I tell everybody I survived the 101st airborne um my dad was a broken veteran um I, I just my brother I just I've witnessed it everywhere I've gone and being from California I think that really amplified it for me because you know being married to Joaquin for 12 years in California, I never once heard anybody, and he wore his hat every day. He, nobody ever, not once, came up to him and told him, thank you for, the, for your service. said you have uh written books uh how important was it to get you know your stories out there on the printed word and for your healing process my book was never intended to be a book it was my journal mm -hmm. until my grandson's therapist she was looking at it and 
it was based on sermons. It was notes that I had taken from Bishop T.D. Jakes and Stephen Furtick from Elevation. And she suggested that I change the, the characters in the Bible story to the characters in my story and elaborate on it. And I did. She reread it and another girlfriend, Cindy Live and Good, had read it and told me, they both told me, you have to publish this. So on a whim, I just sent it to TBN and they published it. It, wow. you know, it was therapy for me. And I never thought about helping somebody else with it. But after realizing how many people have read it and the things that they've came to me and said, it, it has helped them heal. And I, I, I thought it was my therapy, but apparently it's turned into a lot of people's therapy. So, I mean, mine was never intended to be a book, but I'm so grateful that it did because it's my way of, you know, showing the world how I survived and I can help them survive. You know, they, they see me survive. They see me still standing because I mean, I've, my neck has been broken three times in my life. Jeez. Yeah. Um, my neck is synthetic disc and a titanium plate. Um, I had what's known as a widow maker. It's a man's heart attack a year ago and I'm still standing and, you know, writing your story. It, it helps other people see everything that the devil threw at you. And, and, and you're still standing. You're he's not big enough. You know, when God's in your corner, it doesn't matter what he throws at you. You know, sometimes it can be painful. But I had a widow maker and I walked away from it within 24 hours of heart surgery. I didn't even realize until my nurse came in the room that I hadn't even had open heart surgery. They went through my veins in my arms and repaired my heart. And it just, it, it's amazing what modern technology can do, but yet the story behind it, I mean, the same day I got out of the hospital, the VFW had donated plates of barbecue within 24 hours of, of, of heart surgery. I was delivering, driving around, walking through the woods and delivering barbecue plates to my homeless veterans. So, I mean, you know, no matter what the devil throws at you, if God's in your corner, you're going to survive it. Because I, I just know my job's not done yet. And I know that it's through the veterans that, that, that I'm supposed to be God's hands and feet. If she's the hands and feet, then I get to be the mouth, I guess. At least that's my reputation. <laughs> yes, um, the is. book for me, I, <laughs> um, I had written my book, uh, my best friend, Rhonda Eaton, another lady that I love very dearly, had come down with COVID. And um, just before they were preparing to put her on a respirator, she had asked me, please go write the book. The year before she had given me my very own veterans tree. And on that tree, her uncle, after that tree, she had put up just for me, her uncle Arnold Lane had passed away and we put his picture up in the following year. We had veterans coming from hours away to Walnut Cove, North Carolina, to put just a dog tag on this tree that I still keep with me. It just, it, it was touching people's lives. And then when she got sick, I couldn't stand the thought that I might lose her. And I, 
I became obsessed. I had to get the book out there. I had to. Two hours before publishing the book, I erased the entire thing and I turned it into a journal because I wanted to ask them, no matter where you are, no matter where you're standing, no matter what's going on, somebody's with you. Somebody is reaching out for you. That person is always God. The devil's going to put stuff in your way, but you can step over it. And I promise you, when you hold hands with a friend that's like-minded, there's not a journey out there that you can't face. I have written a total of five books. They all go through the story of my life. One being I was, um, I'm adopted. The paperwork for my life was signed 65 days before I was born. And that means a lot to me. And then to be a suicide survivor tells me that God's got a very specific plan and the devil can't have me yet. So when I partnered with Monica, I fell in love with her dream. I fell in love with her kids, her grandkids, and I fell in love with her story. There's, she's the epitome of everything that the Bible tells you. Some things you have to feel with the heart because you just can't see them. So the books healed us both in our own way, I think. With both your uh, stories, how uh, important is it for you to, you know, see the veterans you're helping, you know, also succeed? Well, I think that's of the utmost importance. I mean, that's the premise of everything that we do. It's not, hey, you've got a problem and we're just going to fix it for you. You know, we've got, she has a 24 month program plan, but if they, we can help them out and they're gone in six months, you know, that's almost like God looking down on us and all of a sudden we're in his will and out of his way. So that's how I feel about the veterans. You know, they're never in our way, but we want to make sure that we stay with them, that we're friends with them, that we know what's going on with them, that we stay involved in their lives, that we get letters from them. We send a Christmas card. We give them our address. We have, you know, anything that they need. Monica calls. I have one that's cold and I need shoes. I need this. I need that we get on the hotline within 15, 20 minutes, we have just exactly what we need. And when you get to hand that to somebody that tonight won't be cold, then that's the meaning of what we're doing. I, I'm on the same page with Teresa. I, I just, being able to do for them and having the community support that I have. I mean, I could post something on Facebook. Like yesterday, I, I put on there, I, I had a, a Marine veteran who was also a 20 year cop um, who lives in the shelter and he has a job and it's outside and he needs insulated overalls and boots. And within an hour, hour and a half, I had everything I needed from three different donors. I mean, people pay attention to my page um, and I, I come home and whatever I ask for is on my front porch. Um, I have a lot of stuff here. Teresa has a lot of stuff at her house. What I don't have, I reach out to her. I reach out to the public and the public jumps on board. Even my grandson's school, um, has decided to do a sock drive after, after the Christmas holiday. I mean, people, you tell people your vision, the Bible tells us to, to write it down and make it clear. And when you do that, I did that. And when People read it, they instantly jump on board. I mean, even a, a, a small town middle school 
And I, I'm just so grateful that that I'm in a community where people rally together for our veterans. It, it's amazing to watch. For both of you, where do you want to see the organization in the next uh, five years? Housing every homeless veteran in the state of North Carolina. Although when I went to the, the meeting in Roland, their request was since they're so close to the border, they want to also include South Carolina as well. And I'm all for it because my Bible tells me that, that, that my God will give me much more than I could ask or, or imagine. And, you know, I thought about North Carolina when I came here from Los Angeles um, I was told there were 1,253 homeless veterans in the state of North Carolina, but I had a sit down with Joseph Vaughn, who was the director, former director of the Salisbury VA. And when I say Salisbury VA, that also includes Kernersville and Winston-Salem. But he told me that there were 2,463 veterans treated at the Salisbury VA between October of 2020 and July of 2021, that's only a nine month window. Right. 2,463 veterans treated without an address. That is double what I was told it was. So, you know, it is my dream to build homes for them. Um, that is the least our country can do for them, but it's just not happening. We can make it all happen with a dream and a voice, and we have both. Amen.